Welcome to the What Do I Know podcast with your boy Zuzu. This is episode 20, episode 20, episode 20. Can I get a 20 twin twin? Man, I made it to episode 20. Thank the Lord. What has happened in the world of hip hop since the last episode? And like I always say, a lot. You know, if if you're if you're a first time listener to this, um, you know I like to get into the music of hip hop. I don't really talk about the gossip and who's dating who and who broke up with who. That's just not my style. I, I get into the music, and um, there's only one, well, more than one, but the most talked about album um, that came out recently is the album that has had 17 different. Um, release dates, uh, 25 different album titles, and it is none than the other, none the other, none than the other, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, than the Kanye West album. Jesus is King finally dropped, man. Last week, it, it came out with a lot of mixed reviews, and um, you know, just to give you a little bit of backstory, I'm definitely one of those people that were... On on the Kanye hate train, you know, last year. I was definitely one of those people that were just, like, not feeling his whole vibe. I, I was a huge fan of his, you know, coming up through the years, as most people that love hip-hop. And, you know, with his recent antics, I was on the hate train. Like, his last album that dropped, the Ye album, the I, I call it the Seven Day Theory albums, because, you know, he dropped all these albums with seven songs on them. I didn't even listen to that album, I'll be honest with you. I, I might have listened to like, you know, snippets of it, but I didn't give it the time of day. I wasn't I wasn't in my right mind when it went like when it came to him. You know, I was like, you know, putting him on the on, on the back burner. I don't know if that had to do with like the whole Drake beef and what what was happening with pushing Drake. I'm a huge Drake fan. Um just putting all that like together, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Right, so I didn't give it the time of day. I was just putting them to the left. Um, but like anything, time heals all, right? So like over the years after that, that came out last year or the year before. Damn, man, time's been flying. I can't remember. But over time, um, not that I forgave what Kanye was doing, but I just started to care less about what he was doing because he kept talking. He kept, you know saying his his crazy remarks, and I just started to care less. Um, but then he started doing the Sunday service stuff, right? And the Sunday service stuff was really interesting to me because it sounded good. So I was giving it, like, the side eye, you know, as I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, what is he doing? You know, I'm checking every, you know, every post about it and, and, and seeing all the celebrities going out and checking it out, and I was definitely checking it out. And um, it sounded dope. You can't you can't front that Kanye has, you know, he has that musical mind. He's he's definitely a musical genius, right? He's just you know tapped a little bit sometimes. Um, so when this album came out, I was definitely skeptical about it when it first came out. But I tried to change my ways a little bit this time. I tried to put like all the antics aside. I tried to eliminate everything I thought about him, and I'm like, let let me listen to this with a clean slate. Let me just ride to this music and just, like I said, put everything aside. Just take the energy in, right? And um, 
I must say, the first listen, I fucking loved the album. I loved it. Um, I'm going through some stuff in my personal life where the messages that were coming off of this album, I was really enjoying. Like the the godly messages, the 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 holy energy coming off of the album, I was really enjoying it. He had me sucked in. Pause. He had me in, right? Um, and I was able to separate the fact that if he was doing this as a gimmick or not, you know, because there was a lot of people on 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 social media saying that he was using the church to sell this album. I was able to like separate that and just listen to it for what it is. Like if it wasn't Kanye, I'm gonna listen to it the same way. And I was fucking feeling it. And then later that day, I went back and I listened to it again in its entirety and tried to listen to it a little bit closer. Like, all right. What exactly is he rapping about? Um, are there any crazy Kanye lines? You know, most most Kanye albums have those one or two liners that everybody's talking about, and it just didn't have that. The music is great. The raps, not so much. Um, the production is great. The the lyrics, not so much. It's It felt like the people that helped him put together the album did more than what he did to the album. The songs are really short, um, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, and it's in the al- the whole album is really short. Like it's it's 27 minutes long, so you run through it pretty quickly. Um, so but now I was able to take two or three songs that connect with me, like um, Everything We Need, uh, Water, um, Follow God is a favorite of, of a lot of people. And um, and the one with um, the clips and Kenny G on the saxophone. Those songs are fire. I still listen to it. I recently just put it on my um, this playlist is trash five playlist on title. I'm gonna put it up on my socials uh, soon. But those four songs is what I took away from this album, and, and I, I I enjoyed it. Like I think where I'm at with him is that. The album is just okay. It's I'm glad you gave us something. I'm glad you finally fucking put it out because it took you so long to put it out. I'm at the point with Kanye that it's just entertainment. You know, I looked at him before as more of like, you know, he influences culture. He he changes the game. But now I can enjoy it with just taking it in as entertainment. You put you say some crazy stuff, I'll laugh at it, I'll move on. And and as simple as that. Like I don't have the energy to like be mad at him anymore. You know what I'm saying? He like there's a there's a million of people that say crazy stuff. It's just that you never thought it'd be coming from Kanye. So I'll I'll give the album a six. It's just okay. You take the songs you like from it, you move on. Right? What do I know? Another uh, another thing I wanted to talk about on this episode was was Cameron. Cameron recently did an interview with Rap Radar. And he starts talking about his Purple Haze album, which was a little curious because it's kind of early. He said it was going to come out in December, December 15th. And if we know classic Dipset, they always announce their dates way too motherfucking early, and then it never comes out. So I was a little curious. Like, he probably should have waited in the month of December to do the interview so that he can talk about the album or even after the album drop, do the interview of Rap Radar. But in Cam's 
in Cam's uh, mind, he's probably like, I got to get people excited about it. So can't fault him too much. But the interview was great. Rap Radar is the best at this shit. Um, the interview was great. I took two things away from the interview. Number one is we need to see more Cameron. Like, he goes away and comes back too much. Like, we need him more in the culture. I need to see him more on social media. And I know that he's from that era where being on camera isn't the best thing. Like, he, don't, he doesn't love showing everything he does. You know what I'm saying? And he probably just needs to uh, adapt to the times. And number two is I got fucking excited about Purple Haze too. Like, I'm a, I'm a huge Dipset fan. I'm a huge Cameron fan, and after listening to that interview, I'm fucking ready for this album. But before I get into the album, when I'm listening to him speak about his entrepreneurship and the businesses that he's had over the years, I came up with an idea. You know me with my ideas. So this is my idea for Cameron, right? He talked about, he talked about how he tried to start a toilet paper company or that he even like looked into it too or maybe he used it as as an example but he's done like every company in the book in the, in the books like he's he's tried to do everything he talked about how um he saw somebody making mugs with his face on it so he reached out to that person and tried to like create a business with him or 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 make some moves with him so being that we need more of cam and he's a classic entrepreneur. Why don't we make a show out of it? Like Cameron needs his own show. The same way Nori has a show, and like we love how Nori's in hip hop. I think Cam needs to be in hip hop. I'm not saying Cam needs to have a podcast, but I do think it would be great for him to have a show. Now, this is my idea for the show. He w- it would be on Viceland, right? Because I just see them being able to do this. It'd be on Viceland. Uh, Viceland would cough up $150,000 to do the show. And what it would be is he would be like a loan shark. So it would be like Shark Tank, but for minority owners. And it would be Cameron, and maybe he can uh, get some celebrity friends on there with him. And every episode, it would change. So $150,000, 10 episodes, and every episode, someone would win $15,000. They would pitch their ideas. They can be upcoming producers, rappers. They can be starting a label, starting a company, whatever it is. They would pitch their ideas to Cam and whatever celebs he has there. And at the end of the show, they win $15,000. What would be cool is um, the people on the show with him, like the celebs, can add on to the $15,000 if they they think the entrepreneur at the moment has a great idea. So it can even go up from 15, but the base is 15. And then Cameron has the choice to take a small stake in the company and consult that company for the next year or so. I'm just throwing out ideas. But I think it would be a great idea to have a, a like kind of like a Shark Tank show with Cam for minority owners. I haven't thought of a name yet, so I need you guys under this video or on this podcast to leave a comment. If you were to name a show with Cameron that he would be like a loan shark, what, what would it be? Something with dip, right? <laughs> Something with like dip set in there some, so, somehow, right? But I, I think it would be a dope show. Like the first episode could have um, 
Dame Dash, if they're still cool, I can't really keep up with that. Then the next show, have Jim Jones with them, and he can add money. Two Chains, Wheezy, whoever. And um, I think that'll be a dope show to just have him more in the limelight. Like, we need more Cam for the culture. But what do I know? Um, and the second thing I took away from the interview is that we need this Purple Haze 2 album to be big. All right? I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat this shit. I liked his last few projects, Cam. I liked his his uh, program project that he dropped a couple years ago. But it's not getting the attention it needs. Like, we need to put more respect on Cam's name. Obviously, he's not spitting the same way he used to spit, right? He's not making that those, those waves and those lines. But with the success of Jim Jones' album, right, it seemed like Jim Jones, like, just took it to a whole nother level. So with the sex of his out al- the success of his album, I would think that Cam would rise to the occasion, right? And I know for myself, I always see that first of all, Cam always has like false promises. He tells you it's coming now, it doesn't come now. He tells you I'm gonna drop three albums in three months and then it doesn't happen as well. Um I just think that he needs to like just take it to the next level. So being that he doesn't like to spend a lot of money on producers and features, at least recently he doesn't like to do that, we need to open up the budget. Maybe he needs Rock Nation to help him out, but he needs some fucking features and he needs some producers. So I came up with a list of five producers and five features that me, as a fan, this podcast is from a fan's perspective that I think he would need on this album. Let me start with the producers first. Number one, Heat Makers. Obvious, right? We saw what they, what they did with Jim Jones, so we need Heat Makers on this too. Just just one beat. I'm not even asking for like the whole album, you know? I'm asking for one beat from Heat Makers and, you know, just um, sample something classic. Number two... Just Blaze. Just Blaze, I need you to give him the fucking discount for this beat, all right? We need Just Blaze back with Cam, and let's make it happen. Number three, Alchemist. Cam and Alchemist would sound fire. I'll tell you who should be featured on that record next, but Alchemist. Um, Another person who I think will be a dope dynamic for Cam is... um, Mike Will Made It. Mike Will Made It has shown me his versatility over the years. And I think just to give Cam that new flavor where it doesn't everything doesn't have to sound like super old, I think um, it'll be dope to get uh, Mike Will on this too. And then last but not least, I just threw in Dame Grease because Dame Grease will be able to give you some grimy shit, some shit that Cam can just spit on. You see, like I'm trying to keep this in the budget and in the atmosphere that Cam can do it. I'm not saying he needs to get Swiss Beats and Dr. Dre and all these producers that he's probably not going to pay for. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you producers that I feel like he can make it happen with. And give us something classic. If you're going to do Purple Haze 2, it needs to be on another level. Kind of like what we were expecting with uh, Port at Miami too. Like if you're gonna give us a part two or something, give us something good. And Rick Ross, in my opinion, delivered. Might not had the hits, but the album was dope. So I, I'm looking for this album to be dope. Um, and then the features that I want, I want one song featuring Lil Wayne. 
right? Which we can bring back a suck it or not type feel record where it's funny and they have stupid lines that we love as a hip hop community. I want a Max B hook from jail. That's not too much to ask for. This nigga's dropping hooks left and right, right? I think it'll be dope for him to get a, you know, we don't even need a verse, just a hook from jail. I want a feature from Benny the Butcher where they can get back into their coke rap. That's the one that I want Alchemist to do. Imagine that, Alchemist, Benny the Butcher, and Cam. That shit will be fucking fire. You could put somebody else on that too, maybe Pusha, but I might be pushing it. No pun intended. Who else? Oh, then I would want a record, and I need your help with this one. I want Cam for Purple Haze 2 to do a type of record like Swagger Like Us, where it's a posse record talking about how fly he's been able to you know, keep it over the years. And it, ha- it would feature other artists that are known for their style, known for fashion, and like always been fly throughout the years. So there's two people that come, you know, that come to mind that, that can be on this record, and that's Fab and ASAP Rocky, off rip. So it would be Cam featuring Fab and ASAP Rocky, I would think it needs one more person to be an official posse cut, but I can't think of anybody. Like, I need your help. Everybody drop a comment under this video or on this podcast and tell me who that last artist would be, someone that's known for their style and that's been fly their whole careers. You could throw Jim Jones in there. You could throw Jewels in there, If you know, but that's too obvious. Like, it became featuring Fab, uh, ASAP Rocky and who else? You guys let me know. But to sum it all up, I just think that Cam needs to deliver with this album. It can't be one of those that we forget about in two weeks. It cannot. It can't be um, only producers that are up and coming. You can have those producers. Those those guys make fire. But it, I think it needs those staple producers as well. Just spend some fucking money. And, and, and deliver for the culture. If you're going to call it Purple Haze 2, let's, let's bring it. Right? I mean, what do I know? But though, that's my selfish uh, ideas for his album. Somebody tag him on this so, so he can like make it happen. I also have a, 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 a couple Lucy's. I call them Lucy's. Just, just a couple topics that I want to talk about. Um, Jadakiss dropped a song called Me recently, and he packaged it with like a short movie. I don't know if it's part of a soundtrack or not. The song is fire. Like, I, I really love hearing Jadakiss over sampled sampled production. So it, it immediately made me think like, why don't we get a soul tape from Jada? Right? Like, Fab has been known to give us the soul tapes, right? But it would be fucking dope if we were to get a short album, short EP, seven songs, ten songs of just Jada killing it over samples. I just think that Jada is heading into that. Uh, Joe Budden coined this phrase. I don't want to say coined this phrase, but he 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 mentioned this on his podcast, consumer fatigue, where like you know these rappers have been out for twenty plus years, right? And you get to a point where um, 
you kind of run out of like steps to go. Like you got to take it to another level. And I think waiting three or four years to get a Locks album or three or four years to get a Jada album uh, pushed by a major label is just, it's not working. Like I'd rather have short albums more frequently, like kind of like what Styles P's doing. And then you can have them like be niched. Like I think it'll be dope if if Jado can give us a soul tape. He can he can change the name if he wants. He can have Fab be the executive producer, give him all the credit he wants or whatever. But I think it'll be dope if we can get a Jada album next year, EP, that's all sampled. What do you guys think? You think that's a, you think that's a dumb idea? Like I, you know, we need Jada. Like we, we still need these artists. Like even people like Cam. Like he might be part of that group that has consumer fatigue where, um, you know, you might be tired of hearing the same shit from Cam. Like, where's the next level? And that, and that's what I mean by Purple Haze taking it to the next level. Jadakiss taking it to the next level. Like, just give us content. Uh, give us more music. And I think I, I think it would work for him and keep him in the limelight. Just, just give us these niche albums. Kind of like what... Jada and Fab did a couple years back with the Freddie and Jason shit. Like, I think that whole marketing scheme worked. Um, I know they're good. They got money. They got things to do and families to take care of and all that. So I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this from a fan's perspective. So, like, I am obviously talking, like, real selfishly and just want more music from my favorite artists. But I, I don't know. Once I heard him rap over me, like, if you haven't, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. Like, it, it's just... You know, it's it's just dope hearing them over that over that. Like it's it gives you that why feel, um, and it it'll be dope if he if if he did like a soul tape thing. I don't know. What, what, what do I know? Another album that came out was Wale's. This is another artist for me that is in that consumer fatigue realm. He's like. I didn't even listen to the album, I'll be honest with you. I tried like four or five times to listen to it, and it's just, I don't know. Wale doesn't connect with me for some reason. But he's another artist where like over the years, my favorite album from him is the album About Nothing. I think that's a lot of people's favorite album. I'm always able to take a couple songs that I like and move on. But for this one, it just wasn't clicking, man. I tried like four or five times, and I'm like, nah. Like, what's next? for Wale's story. What's next? And I know he has a girl now, and uh, people tell me, and from what I've read, he talks a lot about being in a relationship. But I don't know what's next for his story. For some reason, Drake and J. Cole, who came out around the same time, have not hit that consumer fatigue thing that I'm talking about. Because Drake is lucky enough to sing and rap. So he does a lot of uh, he keeps you off balance, you know. When you might get too much rap from him, he'll give you a hotline bling. When you get a little bit too much nice for what's and uh, God's plan, he'll give you a 4 p.m. in Calabasas. So he has a nice balance where it stretches his career out. You know, he can do so many things that you don't get sick and tired of one thing. J. Cole, on the other hand, um, has also been able to stay away from that because... He'll give you those niche albums. He made a whole album from a from a different person's perspective with for uh, for your eyes only. Then he made his KOD album, which you know addresses the littles and the and the and the drug epidemic that's happening 
in the culture. So he, he'll he give you that different side of J. Cole. It sounds like he's growing. It sounds like he's more of a family man. He just, like, gives you those different levels. And Wale, I feel like, has just been, like, kind of, like, even keel the whole time and just on the same, uh, just respect me, respect my flow, respect me, and just not nothing that's, that's next level. We've heard the, the girl singles from you. We've heard, um, you know, the lyrical, spiritual bars from you. But what's next? Like, what's next for his story? Um, so I wish I can give you a better review for his album, but I just wanted to tell, I just wanted to show you guys, like, where some of these artists are heading in this consumer fatigue. I think Wheezy's almost heading there, too. The reason why Carter Five did so well, sales-wise, was because we've just been waiting for it. But he, I think he's starting to head to that consumer fatigue. I think Nicki Minaj is there now, too. It's like, all right, what's next? Like, you got to do the grown man rap. Jay-Z was able to, like, you know, change it every few times. Kanye was able to change it every single time. And that's why these people are still here. You, you, you know, you just get that consumer fatigue. So, I don't know, Wale. Um, maybe, maybe on the MMG album, I'll, I'll pay attention to you more. But with this album, I think it's called "Wow, That's Crazy." I just, I just didn't listen to it. Um, another album that came out was Benny the Butchers and Smoke Dizzers. Uh, short album. I think it's called "Statue of Limitations." I was really surprised by this because, like, where the hell has Smoke Dizzer been? Like, where has he been? Seriously. I didn't even, like, when, when I saw it, I was hating on it because I'm like, damn, this nigga's going to jump on the wave of Benny the Butcher. Like, this nigga's been, like, you know, rising up like crazy, and then Smoke Dizzle wants to come out of nowhere and fucking hop on that wave. I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't know too much about this, but um, the album is dope. And and I love, I love this, um, I love this thing that they're doing where, where it's nice and short albums where you don't get sick of it. Because when it comes to Griselda and Benny the Butcher, they're going to give you bars, hard beats and bars, right? So they don't give you 21 tracks like Amigos record or or somebody else's record. They give you seven, in and out, you love it, you wait three more months and you get another one. And I think that works for their brand. I am curious to see where he goes with his next project that has Rock Nation behind it. It might be a little longer, but I but I don't think he'll get past twelve records because I think this niche works for him um, and for that whole camp. So if you haven't checked it out, Statue of Limitations. If you need something to ride to, that um, that's the one to check out. I really like that shit. Um, what else is going on in the world of hip hop? You know what's going on? Rhythm and flow. What a great fucking show that came out on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you have to have seen it, man. I, I don't even have to like explain it that much. But I'm a big fan of the show because I'm a fan of, of, of those competition shows like the Jermaine Dupri one called The Rap Game, right? I've watched every fucking season of that. And because I started rapping when I was young and I just feel like connected to those kids, right? So I've been like watching every season and I love it. So the fact that they, uh, Rhythm and Flow, elevated it um, they put it on Netflix so you can hear curse words because sometimes in hip-hop you need the fucking curse words, right? Um, I'm a huge fan of the show. And I really enjoyed it all the way through. Shout out to Flawless Man. He was representing Rhode Island and, and he did a fucking great job. And I just want to tell you guys that while I'm watching the show, 
every episode, you can ask my wife, every episode I watched, I'm like, Flawless got this in the bag. He was just, to me, lyrically, he was just like 10 steps ahead of everyone else. And I'm like, <laughs> after every episode, cakewalk. That's what I, that, that's the hashtag I was tweeting all day, cakewalk. Like, he's going to walk away with this one easily, right? And if you haven't watched the show, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. He makes it to the final two. Um, but throughout the show, I felt like Flawless was up here, and the rest of the contestants realized that and had to, like, level up and, and, and meet him. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt like throughout the whole show, that that's what was happening. And I think the artists knew that, too. Um, but I really enjoyed the show, and um, the last four was London B, Troy Man, D Smoke, and Flawless, and those were the right last floor, last floor, last four that they should have had. Those were the right ones, and um, I'm just proud of all of them. Super proud of Flawless Man, and if you, um, the winner was actually D Smoke uh, from Inglewood, California. Um, he did his thing. They all did their thing, and and if you haven't. Uh, been able to you know really check them out go follow them on social media and go check out their projects because they they all release um projects recently and they're dope man and it's just good to see artists new artists um coming out and and, ju and just you know living out their dreams you know somebody like me who used to rap it's just it just feels good to see that you know what i mean um go on social media right now and london b is one of the artists female artists and her uh project is called reset Troy Mann was a top four finalist, finalist and his, uh, his project is called April. Um, D Smoke, his project is called Inglewood High. And Flawless, his, his uh, latest project is called 20 Floor 7. Make sure you guys go check that out and support these people, man. These are people living out their dreams, and I respect it 100%. But first and foremost, go play that Flawless shit. All right? What do I know? But last but not least, every episode, like I always say, I like to give advice to upcoming artists because I didn't have people giving me advice that much when I was rapping. So on this episode, what I wanted to talk about was features. Features, features, features. Guys, it's 2019. Let's stop being so sensitive, right? Rappers, artists, singers, let's stop being so sensitive. I know that's hard because I'm fucking sensitive myself. It's okay to say no to a feature. If your boy sends you a beat and says, yo, I need you on this song, and you're not feeling it or you don't hear yourself on it, it's okay to respectfully decline. It's okay. It's okay. What I would do is offer an idea or ask for something else. Hey, do you have anything else that you, you, you hear me on? Is um, I don't really... You don't have to say you don't like the record. I don't hear myself on this record. Do you have anything else I can get on? You know, or what if you change this part of this record? Um, I can probably rap over that. Offer some ideas. You don't have to just say the shit's whack either. And you don't have to accept everything. Not everybody. I made that mistake in my career a lot where I thought I could rap on anything. And some records you sound better on. And like you have to like uh, come to terms with that. If you're an artist asking someone else for a feature, give them a way out. Like, you know, because I can ask you for a feature and what I would normally say is, hey, let me know if you're feeling this. Let me know if you, if you hear yourself on this. If not, I might have something else for you. 
give them a way out so that they can decline without feeling bad. Because us artists, like, we create this fake beef if we were to say, nah, not that one. Like, give me another one. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, if the artist tried the record and sends you a verse and you don't like the verse, it's okay, it's okay to decline that too. It's okay. Just say, yo, I think you could do better. Uh, I'm not really feeling that one, that verse. Uh, maybe I might use that verse for another record. You know, like, it's okay to have this dialogue. We're in 2019. We're trying to make the best music possible. It's okay. It's okay. I had one time uh, a producer that was making an album asked me to rap on a record, and he straight up told me, yo, I think you could do better. And at first, I was pissed. I was like, what? That verse is fire. Like, what are you talking about? But then after that, I was like, I, I came up to the challenge, and I wrote the, one of the best verses ever. So all I'm saying is, Let's stop being sensitive. It's okay to say no to a feature. But what do I know? I'm just a fan. Y'all, I need you to head over to iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify and subscribe to the What Do I Know podcast. This is episode 20. I'll catch y'all on 21. I want. <laughs>